0: 13 attributes that will separate you from the pack and require you no extra talent. Hi, this is Ando from the Fight for a Happy Life podcast. You and I are listening to the wise words of Sifu T.W. Smith of Kung Fu Podcasts. Traditional martial arts is much more than punching, kicking, and wrestling. At least twice a month, join me, T.W. Smith, as we explore the culture, the adventure, and the impact of martial arts. This program is for anyone who practices martial arts and would like to occasionally look at it from a whole new perspective. Thank you so much for joining me today. And in this episode, we're going to look at the attributes that contribute to separating us from the pack, but require no extra talent. If this is your first time to the program, Welcome. You're in the audience of some of the finest and sharpest martial artists in the world. People that put in a lot of sweat and a lot of effort to improve in their craft. Have you ever heard yourself or someone else say things like, I'm not as good as they are. Or, you were lucky, this is very natural for you. Or perhaps even, this is just too hard to be any good at. In almost every aspect of our lives, We have to look at what makes us unique. It doesn't matter if you're a young man and you're trying to gain the attention of a young lady or there's a position at a company that you're looking for or you want to be a martial artist that one day can aspire others and perhaps have your own facility and sometimes competing with other martial artists. What is going to separate you from the others? And in many cases, we think of talent, like so we go out, we win the world karate games or the world kung fu games, or we become a movie star and, you know, we have these certain talents that bring people to us. Um, We might also consider money or advertisement, things like that. But what are some of the attributes that we can put into play today? They require us literally, in some cases, no extra money, no extra talent. In this episode, we're going to cover 5 of 13 attributes that separate yourself from the pack. Here are 5 of the things that require zero talent. These first 5, if you just did these, they will already put you in a position to separating yourself from the pack. And the first one is being on time. Dan Kennedy wrote an article at Entrepreneur.com titled, The Single Most Important Habit of Successful Entrepreneurs. And I believe that if you'll check into it, you'll find that this also resonates across any other area you look into. Being punctual gives you positioning. Where do you want to be? Whether it's at a seminar, in a classroom, to get the most out of what is being shared. Being on time also gives you a moral authority to expect that others treat your time with respect. If you don't respect the time enough to be punctual, then don't expect others to treat your time with respect. And the last thing Mr. Kennedy alludes to is that if being punctual, showing up on time is a problem, then why would you expect to be trusted with more important responsibilities, opportunities, or with that secret information? He closes the article by saying... If you're not a punctual person, others you wish to positively influence negatively judge you, end quote. Now, some people will get ahead and they are what they call fashionably late, but usually those are folks that maybe have some other edge, whether it's money or advertising, talent, some uh, political relationship inside the organization, it could be any number of reasons, But we're talking about separating yourself from the pack. So if you already have those things and you're punctual, you're really going to rise as the cream of the pack. The second attribute is work ethic. It is a quality that has mixed overtones. For many martial artists, work ethic is that serious face, sometimes known as the grind, because we're doing it to embody knowledge, not just to intellectually understand it. When it comes to work ethic, Joe Rogan was in an interview and he was talking about grind and wrestling and how it was a fundamental base of what he believed made a successful or really successful MMA combat athlete. During the interview, what they allude to is the fact that wrestling becomes the core of what some of the best MMA athletes have at their disposal. But it's not wrestling techniques. He says, quote, Wrestling is the greatest skill to have in MMA because wrestling dictates where the fight takes place. On top of that, amateur wrestling training is so unbelievably grueling that the guys who get through it are the guys who rise to the top and they are the elite of the elite when it comes to mental toughness. That is a huge part of fighting. Mental toughness and focus and the ability to work hard to achieve goals under exceedingly insurmountable circumstances. End quote. In regards to working through difficult circumstances, he says, quote, They go through hell. Amateur wrestling is a constant exercise in overtraining, dehydration, and maintaining your motivation in incredibly uncomfortable moments. He finishes by saying, They take great pleasure in being uncomfortable, they take great pleasure in their ability to push. And there is not a lot of sports that can say that, not a lot of sports that where that is part of the badge of courage, the ability to be constantly miserable, end quote. I've always told my son, who is now a junior in high school and is really starting to blossom as a wrestler, that irregardless of what your status is as a wrestler, whether you're the JV, or first string, all state, just barely making it. One thing that every wrestler knows about every other wrestler is that they work hard. There's no slackers on any good wrestling team that I know of. And interestingly, in Chinese, they don't really have a word for work ethic. The character for work is recognized as laodong, which is synonymous with toil and physical labor. Working and laboring to improve takes no talent. The third characteristic that will separate you from the pack is being coachable. This one is pivotal in martial arts. If you already come to the table with your cup full, you shouldn't expect to learn anything else. Learning to surrender to a different perspective or allowing yourself to be coached to consider a different objective. For example, it doesn't always have to be the first one to the throat punch or to jump on your back to get on the guard as a way of successful martial arts training. Being coachable. Makes all the difference to pushing out boundaries to a new level. Not just coachable in sports or martial arts. Even as I am a healthcare provider and work with other healthcare providers, being coachable as a father, as an artist, can make the whole world open up. J.T. O'Donnell wrote an article that was excellent. It's titled The Surprising Reason You May Not Be Coachable. Some people cannot be coached and here's why. Two types of people who need coaching. A, those who are confident but have been unable to move the objectives further along in their, for example, their careers. Or B, those who are uncertain about controlling their path and their spoils, their rewards. Someone, for example, who is frightened that they cannot control their income. J.T. O'Donnell sees both of these types as the sort of folks who are in need of coaching. After working with thousands of people, though, she identified one trait that leads to certain coaching failure in either one of those two groups. O'Donnell writes, quote, They don't really want help. They want validation. They claim they won't help, and here's what they're looking for. In Group A, The ones who are confident but weren't able to move their objectives along, they want to be told what has happened to them is unfair, and they want this wrong to be righted. They didn't get the praise, the raise, or the promotion. They want to validate that they did everything right. They're not looking for coaching. They're looking for validation. The other group who are uncertain about controlling their path or their income, that group The ones in that group who are not coachable are wanting to validate that they are victims. That one unsuccessful venture after another was due to circumstances beyond their control. They want to validate the notion that they've been a victim of circumstance. Now, both groups are very coachable, and she makes her living working with both those groups. But she identified that one trait the one trait of wanting validation rather than coaching as the thing that made them uncoachable. As I read this, I thought of myself. Certainly, I could have seen myself as not being coachable because I thought I was doing things right, particularly early on. The martial arts humbled my ass enough to help me get out of that illusion. Also, as a father, I mean that you have to learn to take coaching to be a good father, if you want to be a good father, not validation that what you did was justifiable. It's just that you want to be better and you're looking to other fathers as models and inputs and their perspectives on things. So really think about that component of it. O'Donnell finishes the article by saying, now, who really does well with coaching? And the good news is, is that it's you. If you chose to read our article or to listen to this, then we can already agree that we know that you are most likely coachable. The fact that you're listening to this shows that you're seeking ways to make yourself better and are not focused on just trying to escape criticism. In an article in Jiu-Jitsu Times by Mr. Mark Mullen, he writes an article titled, Be Coachable. He's writing about Jiu-Jitsu practitioners who will often dominate Less trained or smaller opponents, and that they tend to like to work the fancier techniques and much less of working the basics. He writes, quote, "Their game is characterized by a handful of more advanced moves, but at the expense of sound fundamentals. They have a few tricks performed at a hundred percent speed and explosiveness that are successful against opponents who are smaller and don't know as much. Their absence of fundamentals." becomes glaringly apparent when they are matched with someone of similar size and training experience. When their limited arsenal of fancy tricks is identified and shut down by an opponent with a solid base and posture, they lose their effectiveness and are quickly dominated. Yet they resist the feedback to develop a more fundamental center game. You can see the skepticism in their eyes as a coach answers their question. It is not an answer that they want to hear, End quote. Now, that's exactly what O'Donnell was saying just a few moments ago. I wonder which validation that they were looking for. Oh, yes, you did everything right. He just got lucky. Or, you had no chance anyway because he's got three arms and, you know, a super-duper power leg. Either way, that practitioner isn't looking for coaching. They're looking for validation. Being coachable requires no talent. The fourth attribute that will separate you from the back is passion. In Chinese, passion is symbolized by the character you, and it goes under desire, passion, appetite, lust, or greed. Passion has a very raw, deep emotional component. In Western terms, passion comes from a Latin origin, which actually means to endure or suffer. So you can understand passion as a feeling that's deep down which pushes you forward despite all odds. Mr. Mike Rowe, the former creator and host of Dirty Jobs, whose personal story is a wonderful testimony to many of these attributes. He discusses that passion is important, but it is not the end-all like many self-help coaches like to ring out. So while explaining why passion is so important, for you to bring with you to separate yourself from the pack. He also s- explains that it needs to have a temperance. And he says, quote, I'm fascinated by the beginning of American Idol. Every year, thousands of aspiring pop stars show up with great expectations, only to learn that they don't have anything close to the skills that they thought they did. What's amazing to me isn't their lack of talent, it's their lack of awareness and the resulting shock of being rejected. How is it that so many people are so blind to their own limitations? How do these people get the impression that they could sing in the first place? Then again, is their incredulity really so different than the surprise of a college graduate who learns on his first interview that his double major in medieval studies and French literature doesn't guarantee him a job that he expected? In a world where everyone gets a trophy, encouragement trumps honesty and realistic expectations go out the window. Passion is too important to be without, but too fickle to be guided by, which is why I'm more inclined to say, don't follow your passion, but always bring it with you. End quote. You've got to have passion and bring it as part of your fuel to get to success, but be careful not to stick it blindly as the locomotive that decides which direction that you're going to go. Then the fifth attribute is honest assessments. As Mr. Roe just said, use your passion to fuel the pursuit. But being honest with yourself is a critical component of any form of success in anything. If you struggle with procrastination, self-lies, or are unable to have an honest conversation with yourself in any area of life, That is where you want to start about having honest assessments. Some folks are very honest about their skills at work, but get kind of sketchy or cloudy about their abilities as a mom or a dad or a martial artist, for example. As I discussed in detail through the Hit the Mark series, to be honest requires that you can get to the source of self-reflection if you want to actually ever move forward and not become someone who is just looking for validation. Honest assessments also include negative accountability. For example, that you're just a little weaker than others. You're shorter, fatter, for example. This is not to make an excuse, but to make sure that you work on what's important. Doug Flutie was one of my favorite quarterbacks way back. If you get a chance, watch some of his highlights on YouTube from college. And he was always told he was just too short to play quarterback. But after many successful years as a pro quarterback and then taking on the challenges of father that many of us could not imagine. He accounted for a lack of height by being able to roll quickly to the edge. He had superb accuracy into throwing the windows. He couldn't change his height, and he accepted that as a negative accountability, and he made everything else that much better. As a wrestler for me, my junior and senior years, I was usually way smaller than the other heavyweights that I would wrestle. There wasn't a 210 class at the time. Everything over 195 was a heavyweight and there was no limit to how heavy a heavyweight was. So I would often wrestle guys against me that were four to five inches taller than me. And that's, you know, has to be accounted for anyway. But usually I was given up anywhere from 75 to 125 pounds because I would weigh usually around 210 pounds. I accounted for that by just relinquishing my strength. I just realized, hey, there is no way I'm going to beat this guy by using my strength out there on the wrestling mat. It forced me to focus on other things because I was honest with myself, and it made me good enough to earn wrestling scholarships at that weight class. So when you are ready to separate yourself from the pack and get yourself into position for new opportunities, the first five things that you can do that require you no extra talent be on time, learn the work ethic, get comfortable being uncomfortable, be coachable, have passion, but awareness, and then make honest assessments. I got involved in the traditional martial arts in my mid to late 20s, mostly because I felt like I was hollow on the inside. I had all these external attributes, but on the inside, I was kind of lost. And I was taught to train to be a better person first, and a better martial artist second. You can practice martial arts for combat, like many of my military classmates did. You can practice for self-protection. You can practice to improve upon your health, for sports, to live a philosophical way of life, or eventually try to roll them all into one. If you want to learn more about traditional martial arts, you're in the right place. The next eight critical attributes that you can use to separate yourself from the pack is going to be available for members. If you'd like to support Kung Fu Podcast and get access to a huge content library and plus other special episodes, go to KungFuPodcast.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll be talking with you again real soon.